If there is no action, the Word of God lies dormant. Dr. Tony Evans says in order for the Word of God to work in our lives, it must be activated. And it is activated by response where you do something. This is The Alternative with Dr. Tony Evans, author, speaker, senior pastor of Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship in Dallas, Texas, and president of The Urban Alternative. You can find a lot in the pages of the Bible, but if it doesn't connect to something inside you, it's just recreational reading. Today, Dr. Evans takes a look at how to unleash the power and potential of Scripture in your life. Let's join him in the first chapter of the book of James as he begins. He comes in verse 19 and he says three things. My beloved brethren, I'm talking to Christians. Everyone, you're not an exception, must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. He says the very first thing you need to know is you need to be quick to hear. You're facing a trial, you're facing a temptation, or both. You must be quick to hear. What does he mean? To put it simply, The first thing you do is find out what God thinks and says on the matter. Be quick to hear a spiritual perspective. Be quick to hear God's point of view. He then says, be slow to speak. Be quick to hear God's point of view. Be slow to express yours. Be slow to say what you think, how you feel, what you want. Make that slow until you hear first what God has had to say. Listen to God first before you talk. Having resigned yourself to the word, God's perspective first, you're quick to hear. Then there must be the reception of the word. Verse 21, and putting aside all filthiness and all the remains of wickedness, in humility, receive, reception, receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. He's talking, verse 19, to my beloved brethren. So he's talking to Christians, but he tells Christians, your soul needs to be saved. But wait a minute. I thought my soul was saved when I became a Christian. No. When you became a Christian, your spirit was saved. Your spirit was quickened. Regeneration took place in your spirit. Let's explain. There are three parts to you, body, soul, and spirit. Your body gives you the ability to function in the physical world through your five senses. Your spirit gives you the ability to communicate with God. Your soul gives you the ability to communicate with yourself. In other words, the reason you know you're sitting here is because you have a soul, your personhood. When a person passes away, their soul leaves so their body can't function because their body is not the life. The body is the house for the life. And the life is the soul. The way God had it supposed to work is that the spirit is supposed to inform the soul and the soul is supposed to inform the body. But if you have a defective spirit, the body is getting wrong information. It's getting bad data. And everybody is born with a defective soul. It's called a sin nature. He says the soul still needs to be saved even though you're a beloved brethren. Even though you're saved in the spirit, which is immediately saved, the soul is progressively saved. It's saved over time. 
It saves ongoingly. So the idea is we're supposed to be more saved next year than we were saved this year. Because he says, the soul is being saved. This saving of the soul is tied to an implant. Please notice what the verse says. Receive the word implanted, which is able to save your soul. The word implant has an ED on it. It's a past tense. He talks about something that's already inside of you. So we ought to receive the word implanted, which is able to save, deliver, transform the soul. So the question is, how do I get it so that it gets down to the implant so that my soul changes, grows, expands, is transformed? from whatever it is that it needs to be able to deal with, the sin and the circumstances of life, the things that are making me mad, ticked off, frustrated, angry, that doesn't change what God does, but it's, it is really affecting how we feel. Well, the first thing he says in that verse is putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness. In humility, receive the word. So he says, get rid of the stuff that would block the word. So the first thing that you must do is prepare the soul to receive it by removing the things that would block it. Then he comes and he goes further. He starts off with you must resign yourself to the word. You must then be willing to embrace. You must be willing to receive the word, to embrace it. And then he says, now you must respond to the word. Look at what he says. Verse 22, but prove yourselves to be doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. And once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. For the word to work, And to reach its destination, it has to be activated. The word is the word. It's got the truth of God in it, but it has to be activated for you to experience it. And it is activated by response where you do something. If there is no action, the word of God lies dormant. Now, it's alive, but it's not working for you. It's not working in you or me or us because it has not been activated by action. It is the action that activates it. So you could say amen till you blue in the face. If there is no action, there is no activation. And so he says, be a doer of the word and not merely a hearer only. Treat the word like a crock pot, not like a microwave. A microwave is designed to do something quick, to heat it up quick, to get it out quick. But if you notice something, if you do it quick in the microwave, it gets cold quick because you just rush that thing. But now a crock pot where you're letting it hang out there for hours and hours and it's saturating itself all in there because it's becoming a part of it. It's not just giving you a, a top heat in it. 
What many Christians want is a Sunday microwave, not an all-week crock pot. Let me ask you a question. Most people, or many people, eat big meals on Sunday. They go out or cook a big meal. You got a big meal on Sunday. So let's say today you go, you stuff yourself. You are just jam-packed with some great food. But you don't eat again until next Sunday. You're not going to be healthy. I don't care how good the meal is on Sunday. If Sunday's the only time you eat, you're going to be in bad shape. Because a Sunday meal doesn't sustain a life movement. And a Sunday sermon doesn't sustain a life movement. The word of God must become part of the life. That's why you see Psalms talk about meditating on it, thinking about it, meandering in it. Because it's become, see, that takes it down. And when you are acting on it, you're actually reminding yourself about it because the action is telling you you're doing something based on something that the word taught. I preach approximately 42 out of 52 Sunday mornings a year on Sundays. It's 42 out of 52, okay? I know if I come to most of you next Sunday, and ask you what I preached about this Sunday. You're going to say, uh, 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 something about the Bible. Uh, you know I mean? I, I'm not naive. I'm not even going to remember what I preached about. I, I, what, I, what I'm saying is, it's easy for the word to get lost. Because you got an evil person that wants it lost, and you got a fake culture that doesn't want you to take it seriously. So you got got an evil person, you got a fake culture because it wants to deny you real life. It wants to deny us real life. And because it wants to deny us real life, it keeps us distracted with fake culture so that the real life of the word does not sit down, seep down and do the job it was designed to do. But he says, but the one who looks intently, that means to stare at. You, you, you guys know what it is to look intently at a girl, don't you? Yeah. You, you're staring. You, you, you become enraptured. The idea is to make the word not an event, but like food, a way of life. Now, sometimes it'll be formal, sometimes it'll be informal, but the way you keep it active is by acting. The acting, and the simplest way to act now is to take this truth and take James chapter 1, and even if you read the chapter once a day, every day, and thought about it, you, you would be doing something that would keep it active, and you're pushing the seed down to the implant. Dr. Evans will have more for us on keeping God's Word active in our lives when he returns in just a moment. Stay with us. Pain, uncertainty, and division seem to be everywhere you turn these days until you look to Jesus. And now more than ever, the world needs to hear the hopeful story of the kingdom of God transforming hearts. That's why today we're asking for your year-end gift to help meet our year-end challenge amount to keep that hope going out through the Urban Alternative. 
Your generous support will ensure you and more listeners all over the world can continue to be encouraged by God's Word through the Urban Alternative broadcasts. Please visit TonyEvans.org to give today. That's TonyEvans.org. The lesson we've been hearing today is one of Dr. Evans' 20 most requested messages of the year. When you donate and request this collection, called The Best of Tony Evans 2023, we'll also send you a copy of his new devotional book, Transformed by the Trinity. In it, he walks through some of the key names the Bible uses for God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, enabling you to uncover insights that will enrich your understanding of the Creator. This high-quality devotional is bound in a Milano soft-toned cover, making it perfect for gift-giving or as a keepsake for your own library. Right now, you can get it bundled with 20 of Tony's best messages from 2023. Visit TonyEvans.org for details before this limited-time offer runs out. That's TonyEvans.org. Or call us at 1-800-800-3222. Our resource center is open 24-7. Once again, 1-800-800-3222. I'll repeat that information for you later. But right now, let's get back to today's lesson. You ever have a vending machine and you want to get some potato chips or something, a candy or something, and you put the money in or you put your credit card in and it pushes it back out. You put it in, put it in. In other words, it didn't take. And because it didn't take, what it offered didn't come. Because it didn't take, what it offered didn't come. What a lot of people do on Sunday morning is they hear the sermon, and when they hit the parking lot, mm, hear the sermon, mm, hear the word. Mm. You know they heard it because they said, amen, hallelujah, praise the Lord, isn't God good all the time, all the time, God is good. They heard it. But now the football game is on. Mm. It didn't take. And because it didn't take, it didn't change anything. Nothing changed. So until the word is allowed to filter down because it's active upon, then activation occurs. And he says at the end of verse 25, this man will be blessed in what he does. Oh, now you're going to get something from the machine. He calls it blessed. See, a lot of people want blessing who don't want the word. They, they want to be blessed and highly favored, but they don't want the word that is to act on it. They just want to hear a sermon. They want to be entertained by a service. They don't want to be transformed. How do you know that the word has taken? How do you know that you're now acting on it and it's now moving to bring the life? If anyone thinks himself to be religious... You think you all that, you and Jesus. I'm seriously saved. And yet does not bridle his tongue. He deceives his own heart. And that man's religion is worthless. If God's word hadn't changed your talk, then you a fake Christian. You've been controlled by the fake culture. Now, he's going to spend 12 verses on the tongue when we get to chapter 3. So we, we're not there yet. But there is a motor in our mouth 
And one of the things that the word of God wants to change is controlling the tongue. He calls it bridling the tongue. Learning that you don't have to cuss. Learning that you don't have to complain about everything. Learning that you don't have to put down and destroy with your language. Learning that you don't have to do that. But you say, but I, but, but, but I, I, I just got upset. Okay, we do get upset. But, but the point of it is when, when God begins the transformation, you're controlling the tongue. The tongue's not controlling you. You're, you're not the tail wagging the dog. When you hear the way some Christians talk on social media, they are as evil as the fake culture. They are as profane as the fake culture. They are as as, uh, ungodly as the fake culture. And not only what, uh, how they say it, but even some of the views they come up with. The culture has so infiltrated their minds that they have been faked out by the society because they're even buying into the society just because everybody else is buying into it. And so they talk that way. He says, if if God's word has really gotten to you, it's going to fix your mouth. It's going to fix how you communicate. You look at the way some husbands and wives talk at each other and put down each other. That means one or both, the word has not reached its destination because the change in the mouth has not occurred. He says, if God is at work in your life, you don't mind ministering to other people expecting nothing in return. Some Christians, you have to beg the minister. You have to say, will you serve? Will you do something? But they never get around to it. That's because the word is not at work. Because if the word was at work, they would have a caring heart, not a cold heart. If the word was at work, then you don't mind serving somebody else without demanding. You don't mind picking up an act of kindness card and helping somebody as you move along your way. You don't mind it because God's word is so rich in you, you want to act on it. So you have conversation that changes and compassion that increases. And then you have conduct that adjusts. Because he says in conclusion, and to keep oneself unspotted from the world, unstained from the world. There was one time years ago, I I had a new suit and I was coming in, I was preaching, but I had inadvertently put a pin in my coat pocket and it leaked. And I had this big blue stain right here on my shirt. I didn't know it till after the service. After the service, I was greeting people, and everybody almost I talked to talked about this stain. And nobody said nothing about a new seat. I like your tie. They didn't say nothing about that. That's a, oh, that stain on your shirt. In other words, the stain took over the conversation. He says, don't let the world rub off on you so that it takes over the conversation. In other words, they're not talking about you and your Jesus. They're talking about you and your stain. 
They ain't talking about you and your love for the Lord. They're not talking about you and your ministry, you and your heart. Now, to be, to be certain, it's easy for the culture to rub off on us. It's easy. And, and to varying degrees, it's, it's rubbed off on everybody because it's in our face. It's in our face on television. It's in our face on social media. It's in our face in the culture. It's in our face in the schools. And they're really trying to rub off on your kids. Okay? They're trying to rub, they're trying to drive this stuff down your throat. Okay? They're trying to make you believe it, make you accept it, and make you yield to it. Because they want, the culture wants to conform us to its image. He says, but if the word is seeping down and gets to its destination, then the one thing you're going to do is you're going to address the stain in the culture that wants to fake us out and do us in because it can do it so nice, so sweet, and sometimes seemingly so innocent. We used to go to one cleaners. My, my uh, late wife went to particularly cleaners without clothes, but she noticed something that the cleaners was not good with stains, like ink stains and stains that were embedded stains. It didn't do good with that. So she changed cleaners, and she changed it to a cleaners that was good with fixing stains. And and somehow getting the stain out, we were amazed at some of the embedded stains this particular cleaners was able to suck out and draw out and clean up. Jesus has a cleaning business. Some of us have been going to the wrong cleaners. We've been going to cultural cleaners. We've been going to money cleaners. We've been going to popularity cleaners. We've been going to our posse cleaners only to discover they can do some general stuff, but the stains are still there. But I know somebody who's got a cleaners, and he can clean up the stains of sin, the stains of our filthiness, the stains of our rebellion, the stains of our failure, and make us look brand new. So we need to change cleaners, and we need to come because the blood can wash away the stain. When we come to Jesus and the cross, change cleaners so that when we take the word and let it penetrate the light, it transforms and not just manages as he takes us to the next spiritual level. Dr. Tony Evans, talking about the power of God's Word to wash our lives clean and make us acceptable in God's sight. If that's a step you've never taken, there's no better time than right now to do so. Tony would love to help you move toward a personal, life-changing relationship with the Lord. You can find out how when you visit TonyEvans.org and click on the link at the very top of the page that says Jesus. You'll find answers to your questions, a simple prayer that can change your life, and free follow-up resources. Now, if you'd like to hear the full-length version of today's message, including material we didn't have time to bring you on the air, you can get it as a part of our current year-end series, The Best of Tony Evans 2023. As I mentioned earlier, all 20 messages in this collection are our gift to you when you make a contribution to help us keep Tony's teaching on this station. 
And for a limited time, we'll also include a copy of his brand new devotional book, Transformed by the Trinity. Just drop by TonyEvans.org, where you can get all the details and make your donation. Again, that's TonyEvans.org. Or call our 24-hour resource center at 1-800-800-3222 and let one of our team members help with your request. That's 1-800-800-3222. When we experience pain, we want it to stop. When we're in trouble, we want it to end. We call that victory. God calls it victory, too. But tomorrow, Dr. Evans will point out it can mean even more than that. Be sure to join him. The Alternative with Dr. Tony Evans is brought to you by The Urban Alternative and is made possible by the generous contributions of listeners like you.